0: You're listening to The Greatest Multifamily Investment Advice Show. My name is Adam Ross, and now I'm talking everything multifamily for an in-depth conversation. And I will be diving deep into raising capital, deals, and underwriting process. Welcome back to The Greatest Multifamily Advice Show. Today, we have Brady McDonald, real estate investor out of Barrie, Ontario. Focus on US and Canada, Ontario. Multifamily investor, commercial Different strategies including self-storage. So I would like to start with, please help me to welcome our guest. How are you, Brady? I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks so much for being with us today and I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to having this chat with you. So let's start. To your your following. Sure,
0: sure. Uh, I would like to uh, start with the beginning uh, on your real estate journey uh, from real, um, I'm not, like everyone to start with single family and then jump. So what was the beginning for you?
1: Yeah. So my wife and I, we were working full time, um, back in 2014 And my, Christy was a real estate appraiser. I was a uh, I, I worked for hydro one in Ontario here as a utility harvest instructor. So I actually taught people how to climb trees and rope and rig them down around hydro lines. Yeah. And, uh, we all. I also had a side hustle. It was called town and country tree service. So, um, you know, it, I was already twelve years in on my, that corporate life, and I was just looking for something more. So, funny enough, we were looking at buying land and developing storage facilities. Realized that's way too unattainable at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we, what happened was we just we ran into a guy who was his name's Andrew Brennan. So he he was a full time real estate investor at the time. Mm-hmm. Christy was doing appraisal for him, and the guy had eighty seven doors. And we're like, mm-hmm. like, and he and he did this full time. We're like, holy wow, it's it's possible. Like once I knew he could do it then I knew I could do it. So I read the books, of course, like so figured out the strategy. The strategy was to do a burr on duplex conversions, second suite conversions in Barry that just came out. So, you know, what? we bought the first property. I renovated it all myself. You know, we refinanced it, got most of the capital back and proved the strategy. And then from there, you know, we started, we built a construction company, property management company. We literally just, you know, one person at a time, one deal at a time. And we started doing, do two deals at a time and so forth. Um, you know, in, the that first year we ended up doing 12 deals, seven of them, seven, seven of them, we funded ourselves and we realized we needed to, to, you know, we're going to hit that financial wall. So we started offering our services to joint venture partners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since, um, so we did like probably 80 or 90, um, uh duplex conversions mm. and uh and then went into then uh, coach houses were were permitted in Barry so what that's like a detached single family home in the backyard of like mm. a tiny house in the backyard of all of these properties so then we, the strategy changed to buy a single family home convert it to a duplex build a coach house in the backyard refinance it as a legal triplex mm. and in a way we went um but yeah, like I mean we were doing 25 to 30 deals still working full time hustling like yourself and you know really just getting ahead and uh until we realized you know wow well, if we what 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 could be possible if we focus all of our time and energy on to the into the real estate and so in 2017 I quit my job and uh yeah it's been it's been a good journey I mean now we're into um, you know, I guess the difference, you know, what happened naturally over the years was, you know, we started with the duplex conversions. We were going kind to of forced into the next strategy because the math just stopped making sense. Hmm. So we're like, what are we, what are we going to do? So that was luckily, it was again, lucky that the second, the coach houses were permitted. So that was like the next sweetest strategy. We came in and we we're the first ones in Barry to do it. We built probably more in Barry than anybody else. We built probably 50 of them. Hmm. and uh and that was like amazing and that was really good for like 2 years and then the math, and like the numbers just kept on going up and up and up and I was like okay hey, we got to like get more creative here what do we do next and that's where we started buying land houses hmm. with uh, on large lots we'd knock the houses houses down sever them into two or three lots and build purpose built duplexes with coach houses in the backyards of all lots so we'd basically building nine like nine units side by side hmm. right
0: into small and just one
1: lot on one basic, well, it was on one original lot. We severed them, so now you have three lots with yeah. three triplexes, okay. right? Basically, yeah. So, and we did that because you know, again, it's the economy of scale. It's maximizing the use of the land. Refinancing, you can get a commercial finance mortgage on that, right? Um, and of course, it's going to cash flow like crazy. So, we did that, but you know, I didn't do that. So, in December, you know, we actually I'll back up a little bit more. So, we went to Costa Rica. You know, COVID was crazy. Two thousand ten. Yeah. Um, in 2011 winters and, or sorry, 2020, <laughs> 2021. And so we were just yeah. like, Hey, we got to get out of here. So we went to Costa Rica for the winter and, uh, it was great. You know, we did tons of deals still. We, you know, we're, you know, active, healthy, whatever we came back and, you know, and they locked us, we were actually on a limo on the way back from Buffalo to our house huh. in May, April, May, and they locked us down again. And I said to Christy, whatever we do, we are not, I'm not you know, I, we're going to go away next year again, next winter, but we're, done, we're going to go somewhere where we can actually create opportunity for ourselves. Okay. So December, we decided we we're going to go to Florida mm. and uh, we didn't, we didn't know, and we we're going to expand into the United States, right. Mm. With our real estate investing businesses and portfolio. And, but we didn't know the strategy. We didn't know anybody, right. We didn't know what strategies work, but we we're going we went, I went to this one mastermind. And uh, I like the mastermind because it talked about multifamily, like repositioning apartment buildings, flipping, wholesaling, self-storage, land development period, Mm -hmm. um, all these different types of strategies. So, and it was a great opportunity to meet, um, you know, rockstar real estate investors in America that are doing it. Right. Yeah. Which is really important. And so from there we decided, okay, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to get it. We're just going to flip a bunch of houses to so we can stop bringing Canadian money over the border mm. and we're going to get into self-storage and, uh, okay. and, you know, fast forward three months, we took down a, uh, a piece of land. Uh, we closed on it rate, you know, we did a syndication, um, mm. where we raised 3.5 million. We did okay. that in two, two weeks. It's a $28 million deal. Mm. Um, new construction self-storage deal. So 109,000 square feet. Well, net rentable. Yeah. And the plan is to uh, build that, um, stabilize it, refinance it, get the capital back and hold it and rent it, and let it cash flow for a while. And we got another one actually we just firmed up today as well.
0: That's great. I think one of the issues right now you brought up is uh, the cross-border business in U.S. What was the upside for you to move on to the U.S. market, especially on the South States? And also what was the objections you handled with your investors?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the, the the motivation was really like just the the scale build. Well, one we wanted we we're going to go down there anyway, right? Mm-hmm. For the winters, I don't love the winters, and I don't <laughs> particularly love our government. So we're going to go down there, and I'm just like, you know, there's got to be easier ways to, you know, there's going to be more opportunity somewhere. <laughs> I was just looking for opportunity, really, okay. to grow the business because, you know, like we've done pretty well. We're, we've done twenty five to thirty five deals a year, mm-hmm. but. Um, it's, just, it's still hard to scale. I mean, I, I don't know too many people that are doing hundreds, but when mm-hmm. you go to the States, there's all kinds of people doing hundreds of flips and that are putting together thousands of units a year that are doing, you know, these massive self-storage deals, like tons of them, right? It's just, and there's obviously a reason. So, you know, we went down there to figure that one out and it's quite evident. Like financing is easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the construction companies are massive. They can take that, they can create these, they can do, there's just so much more capacity and the mindset of a lot of these people are their capitalism. Like they, they just love making money. Hmm. And, you know, when you can partner with the right people, I mean, you know, the potential is really endless down there.
0: What about your uh, investor? What was uh, biggest objections you, you heard and you handled was your Canadian conservative investors.
1: Yeah, so um, you know, we have to be honest. So when we raised all that capital, most of that came from American, like Americans. Oh, okay. we, we did set up the PPM to uh, to accept Canadian dollars. It mm. probably wasn't worthwhile because it cost us <laughs> like twenty grand to raise a hundred and fifty. But yeah. um, I you know what? I think part of it is like when you're talking, you know, I utilize social media obviously a lot to kind of build my brand to build trust with people so people yeah. are aware of what we're doing and when you just instantly get into the United States nobody knows what you're doing they don't understand it they, you mm-hmm. haven't like warmed them up to the strategy the theories the the risks how to prevent you know like how to prevent like all these like all the information that they need to know to confidently do it yeah. i haven't talked to anybody about it so um, you know, obviously right away with like, that's, it's a hard, there's a lot of objections being a Canadian trying to invest cross border. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, we're already conservative as it is, right. Mm. Let alone like, let alone trying to do, get them across the border. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, we didn't put a ton, we didn't have, we, most all of, well, except all that money, that 3.5 million, except for the, Hundred fifty thousand came from americans okay. um yeah so so you had I mean, a lot of pushback it from the canadian side yeah i wouldn't say pushback i would just say like you know we put a bunch of people on a webinar we just didn't it didn't take very long to fill it up with with american money so i didn't even oh, okay. have to really try it try okay. it, to be honest okay yeah okay um you know i think um you know i think like you know, now that we're, we've been there for six months and people are recognizing that we are successful, we have a track record. I think that's half the battle with, you know, I think this next deal will do a lot better job. Um, and we'll bring in Canadian money over, um, especially with the economic States, you know, like, I mean, parking it in asset classes, like multifamily, like, um, uh, self-storage, you know, Mm -hmm. those are some of the best asset classes you can rely on in a, you know, in like a downturn and what we're probably approaching. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I had a guest before on self storage about this. Like, the the market is already on Canada's really limited on self storage. It's like the different whole story on the U.S. Like, I I'm not sure if like 60 whole 60 self storage all over on all over on Canada. In do oh no, 120 in total self storage facility in Canada. Where in the U.S. Maybe this is gonna be in just one state. So uh, oh yeah. oh yeah, there's
1: thousands and thousands and thousands. <laughs> like there's being, there's thousands being built right now. It's a massive, massive. It's like I forget how many billion dollar market it is, but it's it's like four or five or six billion dollar market.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a different story as I, as I mentioned in, in Canada and US on the self storage, and not many investor have the like the guts to start it because they don't understand it. It's not common strategy, but. Uh, in my opinion and your opinion, it's better than multifamily. You don't have toilet to to deal with. <laughs> no, yeah, you expenses. have two toilets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. different uh, the expenses is different. It's like you're mainly looking for the utilities and some security and that's it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know what, what's really nice about it too, like, especially right now, I mean, just because of, you know, with the, econo- the economy of the world and, you know, the potential recession that we're dealing with, like the, what happens in these types of markets where like businesses are closing or people are losing their houses and downsizing, they don't sell all their stuff. Right. They keep their stuff. They keep the inventory. They keep all the files. They put it all in the storage. So you are going to much, much more pay $150, $200 a month for a storage unit versus selling it all right so it actually mm. does better performs better in these types of markets it's one of the asset classes that has never had a negative blip in downturn yeah 100% um, yeah so i mean it's you know it's a really good place and the one of the reasons that we you know what i really love about it because we do have a development background is that we can build this and when you can so you get the benefit of you know the the value creation as mm. well as the long term cash flow Right. And yeah. the ability to be able to sell a business versus, you know, of course, the residential stuff that, you know, I've got a pile of.
0: I think the lesson here, Brady, I, I want to focus on is uh, that you, the transition you're making right now, it's, it's not all only guts. You have to have your own team. You cannot control everything. So I would like to uh, highlight how you managed to build your trusted team. One of them is construction. Um Pipeline partnership, uh, guarantors, like how you managed to um set up all of this within this last six months.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we've all heard the term your network is your net worth, right? And, yeah. and I mean, you know, I'll be completely honest with you. Like, I didn't really like I heard that a lot when I was in Canada. I didn't really, you know, believe it, to be honest. And in the residential space, it's not as important, yeah. in my opinion, but you know, when you get when you start getting into these types of deals and big stuff, and you want to really grow and expand, um, you know, the reality, like, it is super important. And, and, um, you know, funny enough, like a lot of the relationships that I created years ago from high, hiring high ticket coaching, um, all those relationships that front, they're all Americans, too, that I always hired, like those relationships are really paying off now, because yeah. of you know, the track record that I've been able to produce. But when you look about, when you, you know, when I, um, again, when I first start went into the United States, I knew two things. I didn't know a strategy that I was going to pick and I didn't know anybody. So those are my two first, my two goals was to create relationships with rockstar entrepreneurs and real estate investors down in America, in America. So I went to that mastermind. Mm. That's what I created. I hired a coach. Okay. Right. You know, I, I hired my coach, you know, paid 30, paid 30 grand for six months. And it's all about self-storage. The first two months, we didn't even talk about self-storage because my, we were down there. I was moving my kids from house to house to house, trying to build this business and get some, you know, flipping these houses just to create some, some, you know, U.S. revenue. Hmm. And like, we just focused on like, just not like letting everything crash and burn. But then when we got into self-storage, it's really not like the pieces of it are not much different than doing the developments in Ontario. Yeah. It's just on a grander scale and you need to know different people. right so it's just like figuring out who your players are so you know i obviously so i brought him on as the gp to do to do these self-storage deals that i'm involved in Mm. so um i brought him on as an advisor because they've already got nine new construction brand new self-storage facilities in development in the u.s right now Mm. you know i brought uh my my uh, cousin he's uh he's from texas so he's an american i figured in I I didn't know. I figured that I probably need some American to help guarantor the loan. You know, he's got high income and, and high net worth. So I brought him, he's also an accountant, uh, like a CPA. Um, he's done um, syndications before he is a mortgage. He owns a mortgage broker company with 40 agents. So the guy has like, he has that level of detail that I don't have. And I need that in my team when I'm raising, you know, millions and millions of dollars. I'm not going to be the guy that has the fine detail to make everything, make sure everything's perfect, but I need to know that that is still looked after. So he's that guy.
0: You're lucky right? that his cousin.
1: Yeah. It's a huge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 You can't pick your family, but when, if you could. Yeah. was a, a perfect match. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, so who else do we have on the team there? So we've got, um, so Tyler, myself, these two guys, and then we brought in another, um, GP to help raise some capital, Okay, right? So, you know, these are some major components of any big deal is like the construction, the guaranteeing, the financing, and maybe the accounting aspect of it. Um, Mm. obviously, um, expertise with the development and the construction of it. And then, and then raising capital. Those are, you know, some of the big pieces, but we also give GP equity out for raising, finding land or finding, say, I know some people do this exact same thing to bring if, if, if it's multifamily and they bring me, a, a, say, a big-ass apartment building, mm. right? Like, I, you know, that's worth something, right? They could probably get an assignment fee. They could use it, also get some GP equity, um, you know, and we do the same thing for land, right? Mm. Um, so you, you bring us the land, you bring us the money, you bring us expertise, you bring us the guarant- guaranteeing the loan. You know, these are all pieces of the pie. I, I wasn't going to be able to do it all. All right, and I know, and if I'm going to scale doing 10 deals of the, like this a year, I know that I can't do it all 100%. Right? So, 10%. Yeah.
0: I think, um, my next question will be about uh, your criteria. Now, we're focused only on self storage, or you're working on different uh, directions?
1: Yeah, so I'm focusing right now on self storage. I do have a couple other irons in the fire. We're looking, so we're we set some roots down in Cape Coral for Myers area. And I've, I've created some, again, your network created some relation, great relationships with uh, some really amazing developers and real estate investors down there where we're packaging, uh, putting together like packages of 10 properties, all, mm-hmm. all brand new construction, right? Where we'll get them all built up. You know, the, these guys literally GC it, they build it. You know, they obviously take a bit of money on on the new construction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like the new construction cost down there is like 200 bucks to two ten a foot. Right. Like okay. here, it's double that, double yeah. that. So you can, you know, there's a lot of money to be made in new construction down there. And of course, like, you know, if, I don't like to do one of anything, you know, so 10 is what I would prefer to do um, as a minimum and, and, you know, make sure it works. And then after that, you know, put packaging together of a hundred, 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 you know, houses, or, you know, put a couple hundred units together. Yeah. Um, those are a couple, couple other. I, I feel there's a lot of opportunity with new construction, particularly where we are down there in Cape Coral.
0: Uh, I think you mentioned something really um, I think make difference for, to any um, commercial real estate investor, which is coaching. The people here is not uh, used to pay and hear these numbers of paying 30,000, 40,000. Some of the coaching is 75 every year. <laughs> so um,
1: how, what was the upside for you about this? Oh, it's a no brainer. I mean, it's, it is an absolute no brainer. So I, I actually do high ticket coaching like this, but there's no way that I could ever do it until I paid it. And, uh, you know, like I, so like my first high ticket coach was we, we created a system. Well, what we've really been done well at and been able to grow our portfolio is because we implemented systems, processes, checklist forms, like all the, the internal business processes and stuff mm. for real estate investors. A lot of investors don't have this stuff. Mm. Right. Um, so then it's hard to hire people because there's really no, nothing for the people to do. It's all up in your head. So we created a system called the freedom multiplier systems for lifestyle real estate investors knew nothing about selling it. Right. So, um, I hired my, uh, coach, uh, Michael Woods, Michael, Michael Reese and Woods Davis. So two guys from the U S these guys have sold like 80 million at that point. They're, they're probably well over a hundred now, but, um, of online stuff. So I taught they hired them. I paid them 20,000 U S it was terrifying. It was the first time I ever did it. It was terrifying. I like, I was trying to figure out if, if they, if they're crooks or what they were, but like, anyway, it was. It was, you know, yeah, like their goal was really just to, you know, figure out what my my problem was now and what, like how to solve it, right? And what it was, was like, was just to, you know, create cash flow. So, and, and it worked. And again, when I talked about your network as your net worth, I'm really close friends with those guys now. And, you know, when you're getting into a new market and like, if you want people to help you, you got to pay to play. Like nobody's like, I don't just hop on phone calls and, and nor should most people just, just to like pick my brain. And it's unfortunate, like, you know, it's just time is money. Right. So, um, you got to pay to play. And, and, and if you really want fast track to success, why wouldn't you go to the person doing exactly what you want, pay him. So he's committed to you. Like, you know, like having a free conversation, the person that you're trying to get information has got no fight, no commitment to you whatsoever. They will mm. give you a piece of the pie. They'll give you tidbits, but they're not going to give you the nugget, right? You want the nugget. You want to ter- turn decades into days, 10%. Right? So, um, you know, would I have gotten two, two $30 million self-storage deals done in six months? Um, hell no, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> So, I mean, I'm like, you just think about it. Okay, it cost me $30,000, to put an extra 60 million dollars of um assets in my portfolio. Yeah. You know, it's 20 million dollars in equity. So, I mean, it's just it's what's your return on investment? Do you want to do you want to, you know, reinvent the wheel or, you know, just make the wheel a little bit faster?
0: 100% agree. 100% agree. Uh I think my next question will be uh, you you said that you're focusing now on Florida and in general um if I'm talking now about the challenges you have on the floor of the market, uh, because of the inflation, and we, we're in we're in the edge of a new recession, and the new inflation and new spike of interest rate. What was the cha- what is the challenges now you're facing when you're underwriting deals uh, in general and on the self storage in particular?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the deal that we did, um, you know, three months ago, and the deal that we're doing now. It's like the numbers are very comparable, like as, as far as like this deal size and whatnot, but what what we're doing, like how we're projecting it is, uh, is obviously completely different. So, um, for one, you know, the, the lenders that were on the table for the first deal are now a lot of those lenders are off the table for the construction debt. Hmm. Right. So, you know, where we could be for, you could rely on a broker and he would know like the lenders that would do that construction loan. Mm. Now, a lot of those lenders are off the table. So, mm. you know, you could, you could rely on the broker before. Now, I'm relying on ourselves to really start creating relationships with these local banks throughout the U.S. Mm. Um, so, we're putting a lot of effort into creating, you know, marketing campaigns and just like reaching out campaigns and follow-up campaigns mm. to really start creating and building those relationships with these banks. Because these banks in the U.S. are totally different than in Canada. You know, like you can actually create a relationship with the bank in the U.S., you can't like there's no relationships maybe with like maybe with some of the smaller ones um like the what are they called um um anyway some of the small like um i can't remember any of the smaller ones anyway it doesn't matter so in the u.s banks so yeah in, in the u.s you can literally like there's people that own these banks yeah. So, and you can, you can get to those people, right. If you, if you're a bigger player and um, and so you actually have the ability to get, to create relationships anyway. So um, okay. that's one big thing is that those lenders, a lot of those lenders are going to be harder to find for the construction mm. debt. Mm. But what we're doing like to, for the underwriting for, for, raising the capital is I think you really just have to acknowledge that there's, we don't know what the future holds. Like there is if, you know, so what we're going to do on this next self storage deal is like, you know, for example, when we underwrote the last self-storage deal, we, we ran it at a, a 4.5 cap rate, okay. you know, or sorry, uh, sorry, 5.5 five cap rate, even though they're trading in the 4 to 4.5 range. Okay. Um, and, or no, yeah, sorry. We were, we were originally projected a five being conservative. We ran the numbers at a 5.5, knowing that they're trading under five. This time going around, we're running the numbers at Mm 5.75, um, as like our best case scenario, even that. So that's quite high compared to what they're trading at now. And then we're also showing a 6.25 cap rate at a refi. So we're showing like, you know, where we think we are, where we are now, where we think we should be and worst case scenario. And realistically, they're all even worst case scenario is really good. Um, you know trading at a 6.25 cap which is a lot higher than a lot higher than they are right now so mm-hmm. we're doing that and of course increasing the interest rate um, yeah to yeah. A, a much higher higher rate and you know the the number the IRR is like 10% difference from the last deal to the how we're underwriting it now but you know there's still 20% yeah right yeah. I mean yeah. at worst case scenario so just trying to be conservative
0: okay so back to this point I think, Um, one of the things we have to highlight here is what is the upside for you of uh, self-storage pre-construction or self-storage buy and hold? Why, especially on this market, when we mentioned that all of the lenders is changing their policy and guidelines, no one knows what's going to happen in the next six, seven months, at least um, the next three months. So uh, are you looking for more like buy and hold or only focusing on pre-construction?
1: Yeah, so I, we're focusing only on pre-construction, okay. um, and the reason being is just because there's that so, there's so much value to be created in yeah. building the deal, right? I mean, if for for example, like we build these, you know, uh, once once it's stabilized, and val- the value would be say twenty eight million dollars. The cost for us is eighteen million, so there's a ten million dollar value creation there in or equity creation in in the development, you know, where you're where you're not going to get that in a you know, and an existing, I mean, obviously you can, you can, you know, increase the rents and, and, you know, manage it properly. There's some value creation there, you know, if you buy an existing, but mm-hmm. uh, that's just our strategy. And I mean, I'm just a big proponent on like, just, I just want to do one strategy and really just get good at it because mm-hmm. the, the, the nice thing about that too, is when you're on social media, you're talking to people like you, they get so used to your deal type that you're, and that you're not, you know, that, when you do go and ask them for money or I'll give them an offering on a deal mm. that they understand it already. Right. Yeah. It's you, you're not changing it up all the time. Like it would be confusing for an investor if, if I went to my investors and started pitching them, you know, large multi-families because it's, it's different underwriting, it's different explanations, different risks, different like the strategy is just different. Yeah. Right. So that's where we've just always just been very niche as to what our strategy is and we just stick to it. Uh...
0: Right now, is uh, the main as you mentioned is only self storage. So uh, one of the things is uh, I would like to ask my investors: when you started, you were looking only for friends and family. What was the transition for looking to for money from friends and family to now? I think you're looking for credit investors, correct?
1: Yeah, exactly, credited investors only.
0: Yeah. So how you managed to do the transition again, based on the experience of the team and?
1: Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, again, it's really leveraging the relationships in the U S is what is what we're doing to raising that capital. Um, You know, the other thing too, is like, yeah, friends and family we've, we've been doing, we've done, uh, you know, 120, 110 joint ventures, Uh you know, and all of those joint venture partners, they all forked out 150 to $300,000. Right. So they, they just, you know, I just haven't really had to tap into like, start. I, I just have to be honest, I just haven't put a lot of work into like, you know, talking to them about it. Yeah. But I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't, I mean the deals, um, you know, especially right now, you know, deals are hard to come by in Ontario. So, you know, if they have extra capital or have equity created, which I mean, if you're in real estate in the last three years, you do, then it's either going to sit in the bank and rot or, you know, with inflation, or you can invest it in something stable, like some sort of commercial multifamily, something, whether it's in the United States or in Canada, it doesn't really matter, but at least it's going to perform, right? Because yeah. all of our investors, I guarantee you, they all have 150 to 500,000 sitting in the bank or in line of credits yeah. doing absolutely nothing, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's probably something that I need to get on and start talking to those people about getting their money moving and working for them.
0: 100 percent 100 percent uh i would like to uh, uh um i'm gonna stop on this because i was thinking about something and i'm gonna cut this i was trying yeah, to yeah. ask you i was trying to ask you about something but i forgot that's okay yeah as about the permitting uh, i'm gonna ask a question now so uh, you mentioned that you have on your team already this relationship was was um construction company i think one of the uh the subjects always is the pre-development stage. How you manage to have this uh, stage aligned, especially that you're focused on only on, on development, but I'm I'm talking more about the pre-development when you're focusing on permitting, dealing with mis- zoning, zoning, and all of this. So what was uh, your uh, process to deal with this kind of uh, stage?
1: Yeah, I know. That's a really good question. And um, so what, again, it's kind of, rely, it's relying purely on the right people that have done this before. So we've got a guy, part of our team, he's our lead consultant. He's personally owned like 90 of these self-storage deals and he's developed over 300 of them. So he's got a company that, you know, we work with very closely right from right, you know, when we're looking at land, that's just raw dirt and figuring out what the zoning is, what the permitted uses are you know, what the size is, how we can maximize the use of the land. What's the, you know, retainage, like the water retention pond size requirements. Mm -hmm. What's the, you know, all of this. So we, we have weekly meetings with this uh, company um, and analyzing deals. We have a Monday board where we're just like, I've got a full-time acquisition specialist. He's just jamming properties on there. He's doing basic feasibility uh, with regard associated to, um, um, demand and, and supply, supply and demand, and mm. other facilities that are existing in the area, and other thing that other pro, uh, projects that are in development. Mm. So we're really reliant on him to come up with. And what we're trying to do is find land where we don't have to rezone it. Yeah. Right. So that is a huge thing. But you know, for because I know, like one of my friends is actually building a self storage facility, a big one here in Barrie, mm. and he's been four years four years working on this thing. And, you know, because there's zoning, zoning, yeah. Zoning, permitting for, per, per, uh, uses all okay. the, They're going to, they're going to break ground this summer, but you know, um, you know, there are deals in Houston. The nice thing about Houston is that it's wide open. There is no zoning. So you can literally commercial, you can just, um, you can get, um, condition like a conditional use. So you just apply and, and just, they'll, they'll prove it. And, um, so what that makes it a lot easier. So then, you know, this architect consultant, they work with their engineering and architect teams in the, that local municipality mm. uh, who also knows the municipality and knows the rules and the people in it. Mm. And they they will work through permitting and uh, making sure that the use approvals are done. We usually do that right after closing and that'll take, you know, four to six months and then we'll have permit and be in the ground. So. Again, totally different than in Canada. Yeah. You know, it takes four years; you can get done in six months there, and you know, in the yeah. right spots, yeah. in the right spots, and and um, you know, which is a huge thing when you're factoring in carrying costs, uh, you know, associated to to these types. of projects. I think
0: the main focus here, and as you mentioned, all of what is happening here, that you're bringing professional players to your yeah. game, to your game to make it. Uh, not decades, just months or years because it's yeah. the only way to to scale your business
1: hundred percent it's the only way to mitigate risk like I mean when you compare it to what I did what I'm doing in Ontario, like I was the person that create like found the land I found I realized, I, I knew the planning you know the planning bylaws and the setbacks and the frontages and the minimum lot size and all the stuff. I would literally sever the lots. I, you know, we would do all this stuff ourselves hmm. and it's just not scalable. And it's just like, it'd be way too risky for me to do this hmm. realistically, probably even in a different city. Right. Um, hmm. But like certainly for these bigger deals, you need to rely on experts, yeah. right? Especially when you're collecting, raising capital from LP investors, like you have a massive responsibility not to screw up. percent. And one way to really mitigate the risk of screwing up is the hiring experts. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and that's your job. It's just putting the right, the best team together.
0: hundred percent. My final question would be a fun one. How you can define your superpower.
1: <laughs> my superpower is just working my ass off. Um, <laughs> okay. that, that's, that's about it. I, I, I usually will, I, I will outwork most people, but you know, one thing I'll, I'm going to tell you this right now, I, I, I found a new superpower and which uh, is, and it's, which, which is, you know, doing like really hard physical fitness, um, mental toughness challenges. So when I did the 75 okay. hard, so, you know, prior to, I did the 75 hard in 2019. Okay? okay. And like up until this point, you know, I was probably, you know, drinking too much, partying too much, you know, not looking after my body, you know, mm-hmm. like we, like I would, like realistically, like I'd probably have like five to six beers every single night or five to seven, you know, it's just, that's just the lifestyle we had. Okay. and um and i heard about this 75 hard my buddy did it i told my wife this is a requirement there's no drinking you have to stick to a diet you work out twice a day one has to be outside Drink a gallon of water blah blah blah. she's like she just laughs her butt off she's like there's no way I, you can do that you can't.
0: i never heard yeah. it it's called 75 hard the 75 hard okay i'm gonna look yeah. For it.
1: <laughs> yeah so it, it's really hard i mean it's yeah. freaking hard i mean it's most so it's literally you have to do this for 75 days Okay. Right, workout twice a day, one has to be outside. So I did I I told her the requirement and the one part was the not drinking, and she just laughed her butt off. And I'm like, no, I'm like it's such a hard challenge that I'm gonna I'm committed to it. So I did that and absolutely crushed it. But what I realized, like you 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 realize like you do all the things it teaches you, it's mental toughness challenges, so it teaches you mm. to do the things you don't want to do, regardless. Mm. Okay. Right. So like how, like, you never really want to work out twice a day. You definitely don't want to do it in the snow. You know, you don't want to be waking up early reading the personal development book. You don't, you know, you want to cave and have that beer. You want to like, you, you have to continue to do all the hard stuff. Yeah. And, and when you practice this, it's like another, you know, another really good book is called atomic habits. It's oh, yeah. really like yeah. Yeah. consistently yeah. doing the things like so, so often that it just becomes a, a, a habit. And, uh, so what happened was I got so focused. I was like, you know, so in tune. I was like, obviously super mental clarity was amazing. And I got so focused. My deal size went from like a hundred thousand dollar equity deals to a million, mm-hmm. like just from that. And then what happened was we went to Costa Rica and I was super, you know, it was super great there. And I came home and I started hanging around the same people. And what happens when you hang around the same people, you have, you know, you're having, you know, you're drinking too much again. I was drinking too much again, having conversations that didn't matter, talking about sports and stupid stuff. No, no productive conversations. It was just a back to the buddies again, right? Completely non-productive. And, and then I, in November I got fed up with it. I went back and I went back to my old coach and I was telling you about your network is your net worth. Yeah. And like, I go to this guy, I'm like, dude, I want to do this hundred mile relay run from Key Largo to Key West. You want to do mm-hmm. it with me? He's like, dude, he's like, we're actually doing Ironman training Ironman. I'm like, Oh man. I remember like hearing my buddy telling me about Ironman training at the gym one time. And I'm like, this guy's freaking nuts. Like, there's no way I could do that. But at this point I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And so I literally, you know, I'm in, I, so I train, you know, I'd never swam like that before, never biked on a road bike ever. And so what it is, it's a 1.2 mile swim, a 70, uh, sorry, a 56 mile bike ride and a half marathon at the end. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, trained hard, absolutely crushed it. But during that was the entire time, like I started this in November. In December, I went to Florida. I went to that mastermind. And I hired the coach Joe and I built this business. And like our deal went from a million dollar equity deals to $10 million equity deals. Yeah. So if you want a superpower, get really good at doing hard shit. Like you're, when you can do, when you can mentally be tough and do the things that you, your brain do the right things that your brain is always telling you that little voice in your head to say, Oh, don't worry about it. Or you can do it tomorrow. Like when you do these hard things, you have to do it regardless of what that little voice up there says. Agreed. And that the benefit spins into business it spins in your spins in your relationships, your work ethic, your, how you're parenting your kids, you name it. Like, it's just, honestly, that's the superpower that I rely on right now.
0: Which is great. The persistence and like, yeah. Doing as uh, a hard saying on the hard time. Uh, my, uh, my last uh, one will be how people can follow up your success.
1: Yeah. So, so sorry, say that again how they can follow up?
0: How, how the people can follow up with your success on social media? How they can find yep. you on social media? Yeah. So,
1: you can find me on Facebook, um, Brady uh, at Brady B K R E I.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, on Instagram, Brady.McDonald84. And we've got all kinds of content being dropped on there. We got masterminds, you know, helping people invest in, helping Canadians invest in the US, giving them shortcuts to success. We got all kinds of good stuff that we're trying to help people with. So we'd love to hear from you. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Thanks a lot again for today. And we're really happy to bring you again to the show, especially to talk more about self storage. I found this really important to focus on the subject. And yeah, we appreciate your time today.
1: Yeah. Thanks a lot, Adam. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot.